Hello and welcome to your favourite teacher. I'm just going to have a quick talk through of chapter three of Animal Farm because things are starting to get a bit interesting. So it begins and the early days of the farm seems to be going quite well. Uh, there are certain people that are fully on board. We hear it, we learn about Boxer and his slogan, I will work harder. We also learn that the pigs don't do the work but assume the leadership and everyone's okay with that actually because they they know that they've got this superior knowledge but really we start to see that the pigs are doing the role that the humans were doing before so them walking behind the horses for example we learn a bit more about molly um we learn that she's very vain and selfish and she is only interested in learning things that really are to do with her. She only learns um, the letters of her name, for example. And she kind of symbolises the materialistic middle class here. Um, she isn't good at getting up in the mornings. Um, she's always finding a way, finding excuses. It says she leaves work on the grounds that there was a stone in her hoof. So really the opposite of someone like Boxer who is just wants to do the absolute most um we've also hear from benjamin who isn't really affected by the rebellion and just seems to think that in his long life these things might come and come and pass um so he's got quite a wise insight there so the meetings are on every sunday and we learn that in the meetings there are these debates Largely the debates between the two pigs, Snowball and Napoleon. Um, and we know that we, it was pointed out in the last chapter, but there is a difference in the level of intelligence. And we certainly know that at the top of this pyramid, we have the pigs. Um, and we learn that more and more. We learn it through the, the way in which they're being educated. So the rest of the animals, um, some of them have been able to learn, but some of them, for example, Boxer, can't learn past A, B, C and D in the alphabet. But the pigs, it certainly seems, are quite smart and they're the ones that put forward these resolutions. But the opposition between Snowball and Napoleon is quite strong. So the pigs have... Um, taken on this power they tend to be in charge of organizing everything they have their own separate room the harness room where they um, where they stay but the animals have really been happy to let this happen you know they haven't put up a fight snowball we learn is quite naive he's got all of these political movements um all of his committees and there's a long list of them um, talking through and most of them aren't particularly successful um, and we don't really learn much about what Napoleon is doing until the end of the chapter but I think it's really something to watch out for so as we move through the chapter we learn more about um, it's mainly focusing I think on the intelligence of the animals and the fact they've had to reduce down the seven commandments to just the one four legs good two le legs bad um, suggesting that obviously the rest of the farm couldn't really understand what was going on and what really they were they were fighting for. But one thing they do all know is that they don't like Jones. And this is really used and quite well exploited um, by Squealer. So 
we notice as with the milk at the st- um in one of the previous chapters the milk that sort of vanishes we have the same thing with the apples and there's a couple of grumbles from from the animals but as per usual squealer is sent in to smooth things over and we know that here he that he kind of represents the power of the media and propaganda and being able to use people's fears um against them and help them see things to the, the point of view of the pigs so um one of the things he says so it's to it's at the very end is he's using so much um rhetoric here if you're ever doing an exam um, and you have being forced to persuade or argue you basically want to copy exactly what squealer is doing because he is so convincing he lays out uh in quite a confusing fashion an argument that is a logical argument as to why they the pigs need the milk and the apples and he doesn't say it's because the pigs want them. In fact, he even says, you know, I dislike them myself. But no, he they are having this milk and this apples for the sake of the group. And it's a selfless act. Well, in fact, we the reader, we know that it's not a selfless act, okay? They don't need the the milk and the apples to continue their brainstorming and running of the farm. Um, but he's very, very clever in the way that he does it. So he, I'm just going to read this speech again. You do not imagine, I hope, that we pigs are doing this out of a spirit of selfishness and privilege. So he's instantly so ta- taking what they, um, the, the animals might be thinking and straight away flat out denying it. Many of us actually dislike milk and, an- and apples. I dislike them myself good simple sentence there as the additional information our sole object in taking these things is to preserve our health milk and apples this has been proved by science comrades so he's got an expert opinion in there obviously the animals don't know if it's been proved by science none of the animals can really read except for the pigs so they've certainly not been reading through scientific textbooks but again that comrades that he's used the term of affection the uniting them all together contains substances absolutely necessary to the well-being of a pig i mean he's got he's got something that he's putting as a fact across i mean it's not true we pigs are brain workers the simple sentence there reinforcing their role the whole management and organization of this farm depends on us day and night we watch over your welfare it is for your sake that we drink the milk and eat those apples do you know what would happen if we pigs failed in our duty jones would come back yes jones would come back so we've got rhetorical questions here we've got the emphasis of your sake and then we've got the um the harsh reality that he paints for what would happen if they if they don't listen to them and it's basically this 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 equals jones coming back which no one wants so his and we so he's skipping around from side to side and then he he ends uh, surely there is no one among you who wants to see jones come back and of course the answer to that question is no so no one wants jones to come back therefore they've all agreed in principle to the pigs having the milk and the apples it's very clever 
Um, it's great. It's a great way to manipulate people. Not that I suggest you do that. So we can see really how clever um, Squealer is as a form of propaganda here. But just prior to this, we've got a snippet of information about Napoleon. We haven't seen much about Napoleon. We know that he's one of the two um, pigs at the at the top of the pecking order. Um, and we know that he opposes Snowball in every way that he can. So he takes no interest in Snowball's committees and claims that the education of the young was more important than anything that could be done for those who already grown up. Okay. So that idea there of harnessing young minds and young people being more easily influenced, I think is something to watch out for. And then what I find really interesting here, it'll be interesting to see how this develops, um, is that the two of the dogs have had puppies. And as in this quote here, as soon as they were weaned, Napoleon took them away from their mothers, saying he would make himself responsible for their education. What's interesting here is one of the arguments um, that the pigs had when they were talking about the cruelties of men is about how young are taken away from, from, their, from their parents and used for their own benefit. So here he's really taken on a, a human role, taking away puppies as soon as, as, soon as they're able. And um, that's quite an interesting thing. And then what I find a great bit of foreshadowing here I assume it's going to be relevant, but that's my teacher brain reading into everything, is that he he took them up into a loft which could only be reached by a ladder from the harness room. So the harness room we know is pigs only. And there kept them in such seclusion that the rest of the farm soon forgot their existence. That's going to be significant. He wouldn't have put that in there unless that's going to be significant. So the farm have forgotten about these puppies, yet they are being cultivated by Napoleon in a secret loft somewhere. And that's something to watch. So the main things that I would pick up from this is the the dividing of the class of animals. I don't think animals are all equal anymore. I think we've certainly got different levels of intelligence and we've definitely got our pigs at the top. We've also got the ability of the pigs to use one of them, Squealer, to manipulate. And even Snowball, um, Snowball and Napoleon are happy to agree that they're going to get more on the... Uh, more out of it so they're willing to put aside whatever differences they have um so the propaganda element this division between snowball and napoleon and something that's being developed by napoleon with these puppies okay so next up i'm going to be reading chapter four and having a similar discussion hope this was helpful <laughs>